Amen. Beautiful song, Ronald. Beautiful song. Love that song. As we go in our lives, allowing God to work on us to get to the point where say, Lord, it's all about you and it's not about me. What a great and awesome thought that is that we have in our Lord and Savior Christ. You know what? We have a great and awesome God and he's allowed us to be here this evening together to to worship him in song and prayer and, and in his word. And pray the Lord that give us strength each and every day that we can work together for his kingdom, using all of our abilities that he's given each and every one of us to his glory, to his, to his honor, for who, which he deserves as God and his son Jesus, as our Lord and Savior. What a great and awesome God we serve and opportunity that we have to be here together to remember him, to think of him, and reflect on our lives to be more like him and to help each other. On this weary road, as we say sometimes, to help each other, help each traveler along the path to get us to heaven together. You know, we're studying Philippians on Sunday mornings, also on Thessalonians on Wednesdays for me. So I'm having a lot of Philippians and Thessalonians thoughts in the church of Macedonia. But tonight, I just want to think about some of the things from the church of Philippians. Of course, we know one of the great themes of Philippians is joy. And we've heard it talked about probably in your class. Rejoice always. Joy in suffering. Joy in knowing that we have participated in the gospel. Joy in knowing that the gospel is spreading into all the world. All of those things that are happening. But tonight, I want us to think of three things that wants to help us to know that we're in this together. We're in this to work together. Even at the retreat, I said, we're in this together, Wildcats. If you've seen High School Musical, if you've got little kids, they know what I'm talking about, okay? We're in this together. The idea of togetherness, the idea of growing together, the idea of being along with each other when somebody's hurting, to lift them up. When somebody's suffering, to lift them up, encourage them. And also when somebody's doing great, enjoying them and praising God for those opportunities as well. But I want to look at three things tonight that are very important in the lives of each and every one of us that Paul is telling to the church in Philippi, that we may grow together, that we may understand the verbs that he's saying for us to strive, for us to strive on, to press on, to contend for this gospel that we talk of and that we live each and every day of our lives. And the very first thing that Paul, one of the things that Paul wants to tell us, that when he's in prison, because he's in prison, don't think that it's a bad, bad opportunity to talk about Jesus. People are there, the palace, the whole palace, the guards, people in Caesar's household are hearing about Jesus. And then he's going to say, you know what, I want to be with you. And then he says, I don't know if I'm going to live or not. But he says one thing, to live is Christ, to die is gain. And he says all of these words that we're going to see later on. But I want us to think this evening, how can we help each other as a family, as a gospel family? living the gospel life together. What we can, can we do to encourage one another? And the first thing I want us to think about this night is that we can strive together for the cause of the gospel. Look what Paul says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear from you, hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, striving together as of one. For the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. The very first thing that I want us to think tonight is that we're in this to strive together. 
means that we're going to go to all the links that we can to help each other to continue in this cause that we call the gospel. And the way that we continue to strive together in that gospel is conducting ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Now, when you hear that word conduct, and that word conduct that has the idea of citizenship, that idea of uh, being a citizen and living a different way. And of course, we can understand that's exactly what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3 when he talks about citizenship and he says these words here talking, talking about this. Talking about our citizenship in chapter 3, and he says here in verse 20, Our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus, who the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly body so that we will be made like his glorious body. And before that, Paul says, Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. The first thing that we want to do in conducting ourselves and striving in the, conducting ourselves in the worthy of gospel of Christ is that we need to be the model. We need to be somebody that somebody looks to within the church and our brothers and sisters. What can I see in that person that's going to help me to follow Christ? That's going to help me to conduct myself in a worthy in a manner worthy of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, in the fellowship that we have with Him, in the fellowship that we have each and every day as we talk about this. And one of the great ways that we can conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of Christ is when we're striving together as one, as he says here, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. And how do we strive together for the faith of the gospel? Living our lives. Showing difference says in Philippians chapter 2 that we are supposed to shine like stars in the universe. And it says before he says that, he says, do everything without complaining and arguing. The idea of the things that we do for the Lord. Let's not complain. Let's not argue. The Lord is calling us to a higher standard. The Lord is calling us to be different than this world. He's calling us to shine like stars in the universe. He's calling us to be different. And he's calling us, like he says here, to conduct yourself worthy of the gospel of Christ. Now, is that important? Yes. Why? Well, I can assure you, I know Tim takes the youth places, right? And when they go, wherever it be, bowling, at a retreat, or anywhere, before you get off that bus, what is it that he usually says to the youth? Remember, where you're going into, whatever you're doing, you are representing Christ, and you are representing Dangerfield Church of Christ, okay? Remember those things. I remember that also when I was in Cookville at the, the church where I was a youth intern saying those things. Every now and then we would get a call from McDonald's. Or every now and then a call from Burger King saying, I believe one somebody from your group did something. Oh, goodness. That's not a good feeling, is it? You know how salt shakers get broken and all these things that kids like to do, okay? And we have to go and talk and say it again. Hey, don't forget who you represent. You're representing Christ and you're representing the local body. So when we conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of Christ, remember that wherever we go from here, if it's at school if it's at work, if it's with our family, that we conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of Christ. Not, not for our own selfish gain to be looking at that, but to glorify our God and Father who's in heaven. And in doing that, people will start to say, what is it different about these people? What is it that makes them do things different? Why do they not do the things that the world does? 
If we're striving together for the faith, that means that we need each other. Man, I need somebody to help me along the way. Do you need somebody? You know, if I'm struggling with a temptation, I need somebody that can help me. If I'm suffering with something in my life, suffering with my faith, I need somebody that can encourage me. I need the word of God, and I need my brothers and sisters in Christ. And look what he says here, that we're going, as we're doing this, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of Christ, the citizenship that we have in heaven, whether I come and see you or only hear about you, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit. The idea of standing firm, the idea of striving together, the idea that we have something to look forward to. And we're going to look at another word here in just a moment. But I want us to get this into our minds and think about it this way. How am I striving? How am I striving in my life with my church family, striving together in my life to show that we share in the gospel of Christ? Lord God, when I have opportunity, Lord God, may I be able to say, yes, I am a Christian. And also invite those people to the Dangerfield Church of Christ, right? We want to invite you here. We want you to come and know who Christ is above all. We want you to know of his saving power and what he can do. Striving together means that in conducting myself in the manner worthy of Christ, that I want to lead somebody to Christ. I want to glorify Christ with my body, yes. But in doing that, the purpose even better, even higher, is to bring that other person to Christ. So striving together as one for the faith, so that when we do things as a church body, or we do things individually, we're always thinking, how can we bring this person to Christ? And we can bring that person to Christ through our life, through our words, showing who our citizenship really is in Christ Jesus, and inviting them here to Dangerfield Church of Christ. Lots of times we think, we, we feel that, that maybe that's not the best way to do it nowadays. People say, well, maybe people aren't interested in going to church. And you know what? That's true. A lot aren't. Okay? A lot of times in the past, you could ask somebody and God-fearing people would come. Lots of times now, there's not as much that. But don't ever lose sight that you want them to be in the fold of Christ. Invite them to your home. Have a Bible study. Invite them to family life group. Invite them to be participants in things that Christians do together. You know, it would be great, even on Tuesday night for the master or any of the ministries that we have, be it in the future looking at different things that we may be doing as far as couples ministry, the idea of edifying our couples but reaching couples who are not in Christ. Amen. And even on Tuesday night for the master, as we do those things, serving others, inviting people who are not in Christ to come and participate and leading them to Christ, seeing that people are working together, striving together as one for the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Also striving together. There's been lots of people who have gone from here to to Ghana, to Brazil, and to other places. And all of these things shows that we're striving together as one to reach the Lord, reach the lost for Christ Jesus our Lord. And when we give in benevolence, as happens on Tuesday, with the idea that we're striving together, that people may see Christ in our lives and lead them to Christ Jesus our Lord. May we never lose that idea that in everything that we do, in everything that we do, Lord, May we glorify you because we're citizens of heaven, but also, Lord, glorify you in such a way that we shine like stars in the universe, that we will lead them to Jesus. And that's what we want to do. Lead people to Jesus.
Lord God, help us in our daily lives to think, how can I talk to that person at the cashier, at, at the, how do you call it, cashier thingy? How do I talk to the cashier? I'll just say it that way, okay? Or however it may be. Lord God, how can I get to that person at work? What can I say? What can, what can I do? And Paul, over and over again, even in Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 6, he's going to say, Chris, you know what he's going to say to us? Pray that I may have the words to say to reach somebody for Christ. Paul, the apostle, asked for those prayers. How much more do we need to ask for those prayers? Lord God, help me. Help me to understand. Help me to... Fica ligado. Help me to be connected with you in such a way that I can understand, Lord, that you put this person in my life. Just like Philip went up to that Ethiopian eunuch. Lord God, can you put it in my life, someone like that, that your spirit is so strong in me that it says, go to that person and talk to them about the gospel of Christ Jesus. Allow God to work. Allow God to work through us in that way as we continue to strive as one for the faith of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, showing the gospel of Christ through our lives and in everything we do. That we show humility above all. But not only striving for the faith that we have in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Christ standing firm with one another. Okay, it seems like, okay, I I didn't get my my red thing earlier, so my mouth is a little bit dry. But I'm okay. Henry Buckner, okay? I'm all right. But not only striving for the faith of the gospel, but also pressing on. Look what it says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14, talking about this. Not that Paul's talking about all of those things, that I want to understand the resurrection of Christ. He says, I've left all of these things of the world. All of these things are nothing. They're like trash to me. They don't mean a thing. It's like manure, okay? All of those things. But I want to be found in Christ. Above all, I want to be found in Christ. And then Paul says, while I'm still living here, I'm still learning. I'm still growing. And he says here in chapter 3, verse 12, not that I have already obtained all of this, understood all of this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Jesus Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have had taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal, goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Look how many times Paul says, press on, press on, press on. And then he also says another word there. What is it? Straining toward, straining toward, press on, straining. The idea that I'm moving forward. You know what? When you're down, get up, move forward. We talked this morning a little bit about Where do we go from here? What do I do now? What's next? Whenever anything happens, go forward. Don't dwell on those things in the past. Look forward. God, God, help me to continue to grow in my faith, to grow in the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. And Lord God, help us together to continue to grow in such a way. When Paul is saying these things, he says, brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself to have yet taken hold of it, but I do do everything that I can. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heaven in Christ Jesus. We've got a goal. You can see here, well, maybe you can't. There's a guy running there at the end of it, okay? You can't see it because of the lights, but he's there running. And the idea of pressing on, pressing on. Now, I've never ran a marathon, okay? As you could probably tell, okay? You already have seen my feet. They're not in the best position either way. But who knows? One day, the Lord might give me the opportunity to do that and... And uh, we'll see what happens with that. But 
Now, those who have ran marathons, anybody in here ran a marathon? Okay, Donna, great. See, we learn stuff that's new every day. Great, awesome. Well, from what I understand, I have some friends that have ran some. And Donna, you might be able to shake your head yes or no for me, okay? To make sure I'm right about this. But you know what? He said, he said when you're going on that path, you're running. And as you're running, you're feeling good. You're going. And then as you're going there about halfway, you know, a little bit tired, but you're going. You're doing well. And then comes those last couple of kilometers, okay? I'm using kilometers or miles or whatever you want to use, okay? And it gets a little bit tough. And usually what they have along the way is with those places where you can get water, right? You can get that water to go. But usually what's there when they're giving that water? Where are all the people? They're at the finish line, and what are they doing? You can do it. You can make it. You can do it. And that's kind of what he's talking about for us. Press on toward the goal. Press on in such a way that even when it gets rough, you can continue going. And you know what he's saying? He needs you and I. To encourage our brothers and sisters to spur them one another on to go to the finish line. Press on. Go. Continue. Get to the end. Go together. But look what he says. The great reward that we have is in heaven. The great reward we have is the crown that shall never perish, spoil, or fade. And then when we think about that when we're in heaven, that thing that we receive, that crown, is nothing compared to where we're going to be. For they're going to throw their crowns before the Lord and say, you are Lord and you are God. Amen. We serve an awesome God that deserves all respect, all reverence, and at all times in our lives. But as he says here, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Have you ever let your past keep you from going forward? I know I have. I know there are some things that I have struggled with from my past that only over the last three or four years that I've been able to overcome. Praise God. Because those things that keep us and keep us back doesn't allow us to go forward in the way that we want to go and the things that we want to do. Now, I'm not saying that we forget everything, okay? But forgetting what is behind, Paul, oh, all of those things I did, they're the behind. You've been forgiven. Look ahead. Press on toward the goal. Continue looking that way. God, help me to have freedom in all the things in my life. Help me, Lord, to look to you. Help me to deal with those things so that I can forget the past and those things that I've done. So that I can serve you even clearer and better in the future. Lord God, thank you for being patient with me. Thank you for forgiving me of whatever it may be that you have done or I have done. So that I may, in order, press on toward the goal. May I never give up on pressing on toward the goal. May I continue looking to Christ each and every day. May I continue pressing on to that goal that is Christ heavenward. And also as we think about this and we look at this, Paul is saying, how are we going to run this? And how are we going to do this? And how are we going to press on together? Look what he says in verse 17. Join together. Or let's leave verse 15 also. All of them, all of us, Paul is talking about. Chapter 1, verse 14, then verse 15, he says this. All of us then who are mature should take a view of such things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained joined together and following my example brothers and sisters and just as you have as a model keep your eyes on those who live as we do how am i going to press on i'm going to forget the things from the past those things that have kept me back i'm going to give those to the lord i'm going to press on forward but also as he says here 
only let us live up to what we have already attained. You know what? Sometimes we're so confused about what things are going on that we forget to just live for today, right? Jesus said what? Don't be anxious about anything, right? Also, Paul said it. He's going to say it. Don't be anxious about anything. And Jesus also says, why do you worry? Each day has enough trouble of its own. Live up to today, your life in Christ. Press on today. And then if you, wherever you got to today, don't think, I didn't get there. You've made it to there today. And then when it gets to the next day, press on some more that next day. And live up to what you've already attained. Live up to what the calling that you've received. So that you may continue to mature. So that you may continue to grow. So that I may continue to grow each and every day. And look at those again who are examples. Do you know something about the Bible? About God's word? How many times does he say, be an example. Imitate. Be a model. You know, all of these, he says this over and over again. And then he lives, lives in, uses in Philippians chapter 2. And uses the model of Christ for the attitude that we should have as well. Isn't it awesome that God did not leave us alone? Isn't it awesome that God said, you want a pattern? You want somebody to look to? Look to my son Jesus. Imitate Jesus. Do what pleases the Lord. Imitate him. Ephesians chapter 5. Be imitators of Christ as I am an imitator of Christ also. As he tells Timothy, look at those, Timothy, that live according to the pattern of sound doctrine, who live their lives for the gospel of Christ. Over and over again, the idea of being a model of something to imitate each and every day. Lord God, help me to look to those brothers and sisters in Christ who are models for me. But not only that, Lord God, help me to be a model, an example for someone else who's in, sitting in this pew right now. Because we want to help, we, we need to look and we need to find the models in our lives for us. Yes. But we can't forget that we're being a model for others also. We want to represent Christ with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength each and every day. We want our focus to be held on Him. And He says on things that you think differently, let Jesus clear those things away. If we're living and working, if we're striving for the same purpose, purpose, which is to glorify God in our lives, if we're pressing on with the same purpose to knowing that our, 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 heaven, our goal is heaven, our prize is heaven in Christ Jesus our Lord, then it's going to help us to not get lost in everything else under the sun. Now look what he says going on here talking about one other thing that we do together. The one thing that we do together is that we also contend for the faith together. Now there's one thing that I can think of here. What happens if we get our eyes off of the prize? When we get our eyes off of the prize, comes complaining. Comes arguing. Comes division. Comes dissension. Comes gossip. Comes everything that tries to destroy what we're striving for and pressing on to. And we don't want that to happen between us, brothers and sisters. Paul understood that that was a very grave danger at the church there in Philippi. And we know and we can understand here in Philippians chapter 4, verse 1, he says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with Euodia and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. 
Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Let's not lose our vision. Let's not lose our goal. Let's not let things get between us that for, help, makes us forget what our purpose is here to strive and to press on toward heaven. That means forgiveness. That means love act, forgiveness acting. That means love acting itself in each and everything in our lives. And as Paul says here, look at Paul here. I plead. You know what? When I think of plead, what do you think of plead? Please. Okay. Please. I plead. An idea of maybe even crying. It's kind of like, you know, get along. I plead with you. You all did. Syntyche. Get along in the Lord. Look what you have in the Lord. Don't let these things of the earth come so big that you forget the vision, that you forget your purpose, that you were called to strive, that you were called to press on, that you were called to contend together for the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Look what he says as he says this. I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Who his true companion is, we have lots of different ideas. Some say Silas, some say Timothy, some say Titus, and some say others also, okay? So I'm just going to leave it for you to choose who you want to think, okay? But the one thing that we want to understand here above all is, once again, as he was talking about striving and pressing on, contending, sometimes we're going to need brothers and sisters, To help other brothers and sisters come together. To reconcile. Not because we just want them to be reconciled. Because yes we do, okay? But not only that. Because we want them to get the vision again, once again. That they're striving together for one purpose. Contending for one purpose. And that is to be in heaven. Look what he says the motive is. They have continued in my side in the cause of the gospel, because of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are written in the book of life. Amen? Do you notice every time that he's talking about it? When he talks about striving for the gospel, he says, because we're going to heaven. Do you notice when he says pressing on, because he says our prize is heavenward in Christ Jesus. And when he talks about contention that was in between them, but more more important, the contending for the gospel that we want to do, that we lay aside our differences, that we learn to love, we learn to forgive in such a way that we remember that our focus again is that our names will be encountered in the book of life. Wow. Lord God. May our names be encountered in the book of life. Help me, Lord, to be an example. Help me to imitate Christ, Lord. And when the opportunity comes, help me to let brothers and sisters not to get their eyes off of the prize, but to keep their, their, their purpose on the prize that is Christ in heaven, in Christ, in heaven, Christ heavenward. Now, I want us to ask you a question. What does this all have to do with us? What happens when we decide that we want to strive together, that we want to press on together, that we want to contend together for the gospel? We understand that our names are written in the book of heaven. But what else happens when we're able to do this in such a way 
that were able to help others. The church in Philippi was able to help Paul. He says, y'all are partners in the gospel. He says that Epaphroditus was a co-worker, a soldier, one who was one of them. And then they also would send Paul offerings to him while he was in prison, to help him while he was in prison. If he was in prison, he would need to receive things from them, for they did not allow anybody to help them while they were there as far as anybody else. Somebody had to bring food. Somebody had to bring a rent for the house where he was staying at as a prisoner as well. But look what he says here in Philippians chapter 4. And as we read here together, I want us to see Paul's heart to the Philippians and the church, the heart of the Philippians for Paul. Philippians chapter 4, verse 10, starting. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at least you renewed your concern for me. At last you, concern, you received... Let me start over again, okay? <laughs> I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renew, renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any, in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who strengthens me, Christ. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid over more than once as was needed. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that, not that I desire your gifts, what I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have had more than enough. I am amply supplied. Now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. I want us to understand, when we're striving together, when we're pressing on together, when we're contending on together, we have the partnership in the gospel. And as partners in the gospel, we have the opportunity to impact the world. We have the opportunity to impact the community here. We have that opportunity because we believe in the gospel. We believe in the message. And we believe that people need to know who Jesus is. But above all, in all that we do, you know what? Oh, I'm going to say this real quick. When it has that picture of pressing on, there was another slide that said pressing on and looking up. So I remember your sermon, okay, brother? Looking up, okay? Pressing on and looking up. Just wanted to say that because I want to know that I was listening, okay? (laughs) But look what it says here. Two things happen very important. The first one, as a fragrant offering, it's pleasing to the Lord. When we do it together to glorify our God, with the one purpose of, of heaven in front of us, and we want to lead other people to heaven, whatever we do in this partnership that we have in the gospel is pleasing to the Lord. It is a fragrant offering. What's that mean? It's a sweet aroma. When that sacrifice comes up to the Lord, it smells good. Oh, you know what? Sometimes when you're driving around here and also in Brazil, especially there on every corner since it's known for the Chuhasco, the barbecue, there's a sweet smell that comes. And oh, how I like it. But God's saying, there's such a sweet smell coming up 
from this church here in Dangerfield, when they're striving together, pressing on together, and contending for the gospel together. That is a sweet aroma to our Lord, and it's pleasing to God. How do we want to please God? We want to do it for the Lord. Paul says, I'm not looking for anything for me. I'm just looking to be what accredited to your account. And it's more or less like this. If you're going on something, if you're going to work in a ministry or whatever it is that you're doing for the Lord, and maybe you need some help in that ministry, and you receive all that you need for that ministry, and somebody else comes and says, I want to help, and you say, I already have all I need. No, but I still want to help. No, I don't want it. But you still say, okay, I'll accept it. Why? Because that person wants to do something for a fragrant offering as well. Our God is an awesome God. But only is it doing to please the Lord. But when we give from the heart, you know what 2 Corinthians says, when we give from the heart with all joy, that we'll have enough to help in each and every situation, in each and every ministry that we want for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians says that he'll take care of us. But look what he says here in Philippians. And we understand it. A fragrant offering that is pleasing to the Lord and that the benefit is my God will meet all your needs in Christ Jesus. Amen. Can you imagine how it is and how wonderful it is to know that we as a church, Lord God, if we're striving together, pressing on together, contending together, we're going to have all that we need to be rich in every way. To be plentiful in every way. To preach the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Paul said in Philippians 2 verse 17. Saying, is it worth it to follow Christ? Is it worth the work that I'm doing? When he was talking about himself. And he says this. But even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering. Which is another fragrant offering of a sweet aroma to our Lord. On the sacrifice and service coming from your faith. I am in glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Brothers and sisters, may we look at each other and think of all the things that we do to serve our Lord, to bring Him the glory as the church body here in danger, at the Dangerfield Church of Christ, even if it means giving everything for that end, it's worth it. Because why? There's great joy. Great joy in working together. Great joy in rejoicing and knowing that the God, there is a God that can truly do more than we ask or imagine. Amen. This lesson this evening is just for us to remember and to think about what we have in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What we need to be about each and every day. If there's anything that's happening between you or brother or sister, work those things out. Paul pleaded it with us. The God's word pleads with us. We plead with us. Okay? So that we may strive together because our names are in the book of heaven together. You know what? What we can say here when Paul says, I'm a drink offering. We talked about it this morning. The burnt offering says you give the best of all that you have. And the drink offering means you give the best of who you are. Lord God, may I give my best for each and every member here. May I give my best for you, for those who are in this world, that they may see Christ. You know what that means? The song that we're about to sing is called what? I am mine no more. I am mine no more. I do not live for me. The song that we sang before the lesson tonight, and it wasn't planned, okay? 
So God was taking care of us. All of self, none of thee, and then none of self and all of thee. God wants us to give 100%. He wants us all. He doesn't want to be part of your life. He wants to be your life. Make Jesus the Lord of your life. Serve him, striving together, pressing on together, contending together for the gospel so that we may please the Lord and remember that our citizenship is heaven. And boy, what a great day it will be when we'll be with our brothers and sisters in Christ in eternity where there's no more death, no more tears, just living and praising and worshiping this awesome and grace God that we are, God of all grace that we are serving today. If you have any needs, Come as we stand and sing this after evening. We want to pray for you. And if you're not in the Lord, we pray that you would decide to give your life to the Lord and strive together with us, press on together, and also uh, let's contend together for the gospel. Come to the gospel and let's live with the family of God. But remember, I am mine no more. Let's stand and sing. We hope by listening to this lesson, you have found a better understanding of the Bible. And through that better understanding, find a closer relationship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, our living Savior. If you have any questions or desire more information, please feel free to contact us here at the Dangerfield, Texas Church of Christ. You can find us at dfield.org. That's D-F-I-E-L-D-C-O-C dot O-R-G. Or you can email at dfieldcoc779 at aol.com. Or you can call us at 903-645-2896. If you are local to the Dangerfield area, we would love an opportunity to meet you and encourage you in person at 818 West W.M. Watson Boulevard, Dangerfield, Texas. 75638. Our meeting times are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Bible class and 10.30 a.m. for worship service, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for worship service, and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. for our midweek Bible class. Grace and peace be with you always.